You are listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. and welcome to another Woodland Heritage Festival special edition of the Archaeology and Ale podcast. For the next few podcasts, we'll be taking you through the Woodland Heritage Festival. This was a free two-day public event at the J.G. Graves Woodland Discovery Centre in Sheffield, with talks and hands-on activities for all kinds of archaeological topics. The talks aim to explain our archaeological studies in a family-friendly and accessible way, so all the visitors to the festival could come away with something new about the past and how we study it. So this might be of interest to any children in your family who enjoy archaeology as well. Last week we looked at human osteology. This week the talk is called What is Virtual Archaeology and How Can You Get Involved? Courtney is a PhD candidate at the University of Sheffield. She shares some videos during her talk. I wasn't able to get copies of the exact video she used, but I found links to similar content on YouTube, which is freely available and will help you imagine the things she's describing as she talks about the project. Apologies again for the background noise. We were recording in the function room next to the cafeteria at the Discovery Centre and it was a very busy day. Hi, thanks for coming to uh, what is virtual heritage and how you can get involved. Um, I've got to just be quite honest, first of all, you're going to watch a lot of videos now because virtual heritage is quite hard just to say pictures of because essentially they're just 2D pictures. So I thought I'd give video tools during the slides. So bear with me with the videos loading and things like that because uh, no, my, my laptop will hate me during this talk and forget to load everything and the little circle of death will appear. Um, but firstly, what is virtual, virtual heritage? I'm going to talk about three different forms of virtual heritage that we use in archaeology and uh, heritage areas. Uh, the first one I'm going to talk about is augmented reality. There are two types of augmented reality. Uh, there's indirect and direct. Um, both of these uh, display uh, IT-generated animations of what was once in an area or what was once created by man. So, for example, if you've got a pottery shed, you can hold your camera phone over the pottery shed and on the phone, when you're holding up against the pottery shed, the entire pot that was once in existence will appear. So just to give you some examples of indirect and direct, we've got, oh, there we go, it's in here. So you can hold the phone up to max, but you just have a postcard, and then on your mobile phone, uh, city plans and city structures will appear as you go along, and you can click on different parts, have photos of that, see those in 3D, and also get more information about these points, which are really great if, say, for example, you've got a forest area where there used to be something to like the Q-pits that Toby's been talking about. You can pop a map on a signpost and you just hold your phone up and you can see what used to be wants to be there, but you don't need someone being there all the time managing the site. So you've got the indirect ones and then you've got the direct ones as well, which is, as I was just saying, for the uh, site ones, these ones you don't actually need a piece of paper there, your phone uses a GPS to orientate where it is in a location, and so you can just hold your phone up to a field, and because of the uh, software it uses, as you hold up your mobile phone or your iPad or something like that to a field, 
uh, what settlement uh, used to be there will then be displayed on your camera. So it's really nice with x-rays to have heritage at about whilst you're walking around. There's also then virtual reality. These are more computer-based, so a lot of museums employ these actually within the museum. And these are recreations of settlements, civilizations, towns, villages, and things like that. And they give you tours around what once was. So as you can see here, these are computer-generated uh, images of what we understand from the plans that we'll probably find in archaeological remains and things like that, but obviously they're not standing anymore. So we are able to computer generate what they may have looked like and what they might have been once. There's just an example of that. And then there's 3D modelling as well, and this can be through laser scanning or photogrammetry. The difference between laser scanning and photogrammetry is laser scanning uses lasers, whereas photogrammetry uh, uses photos captured on cameras, either uh, camera phones, uh, SLR cameras, or a structured light scanner. And they create models that look like, oh, where's my mouse gone? This. This is a little post-medieval pipe figurine um, taken around 80 photos taken using a Canon SLR. Um, so you can see the 3D model, and they just load you load the photos onto your computer, run it through the different softwares, and then it produces 3D models. So these are three separate ways that Heritage uh, you, uh, employs to not only show public uh, what used to be in an area, but also we, we're currently using it as a way to save what has once been. So with all the fights going on in Iraq and also the earthquake that's happened in Nepal, there are several projects that have popped up um, over the past couple of months to counteract all the different priceless artifacts that are being lost. So in the Malsu Museum in Iraq, uh, obviously we saw the footage being leaked uh, of um, ISIS uh, destroying all the different artifacts in this museum. Uh, what um, Chance, uh, Cogner and Matthew Vincent have done, they set up Project Morsel, which is this, and this is one of a couple of different projects, and they're crowdsourcing loads of different photos. So when people have gone on holiday um, and taken photos in the museum and things like that, they're collecting all these photos. And once they've got a certain amount of photos, they're then generating these now destroyed artifacts into 3D models. So even though the artifacts are destroyed, um, we're getting not great quality, but that's still an incredible improvement than not having any of the artifacts at all. So this was smashed with smithereens a couple of months ago, but now we have this 3D model and this is through crowdsourcing, which is an incredible development. And then um, when you look at it close up, there's a cuneiform writing on the belly, and these 3D models are even good enough condition to be able to see the cuneiform writing still. So things like that have been lost. And also, there's actually five legs shown on the animal rather than four. Uh, to show the animal movement, which if it was just a 2D image, it looks like there's a miscalculation of number of legs, whereas because you've got a 3D model, you can see that the animal's portrayed as moving rather than stationary. So it's really nice to be able to regenerate these artifacts that are now lost to us forever, which is uh, it's obviously a big shame. Um, but it's also a really nice way to have the public in general be able to be a part of these uh, this part of heritage and this heritage management. Um, so, uh, leading off from that, how is it you can get involved? It's not that difficult at all to make these 3D models. Uh, and Archaeology in the City is going to start uh, a virtual object of the month, but these objects are going to be based on what the public sends us. So we're asking <coughs> you as a community 
to send us photos that you've gathered of any artefacts or objects you have of historical interest or you personally find interesting at home. We want you to gather the photos of these and also send the story of them as well so we can generate a 3D model of this, publish it on our website along with the story and have a community archaeological object of the month. Um, so, I some people have to do that. How do you go, oh, it's easy, just to point it out, this is, uh, I did this on my mobile phone and it took 53 photos and it generated that. And it probably took me about 15 minutes to generate a 3D model like that and you can see the inside of it so you can get all the measurements inside. And they're textured models as well, so you can actually 3D print these and they'll come out as a textured model. So, there's six stages that you need to go about to create these models. The first stage is you literally just take a bird's eye view of the object from above it. The second stage is also pretty simple. You take a slightly closer bird's eye view, so it's not overly complex. Then the third stage is you work or work your way around the top, taking photos at an angle around the object, and you work away 360 degrees around the object. The fourth stage, you pen the object is broken up into layers or segments of orange, and then you take three photos, one at each, one at the top, one at the middle, and one at the bottom, and work your way around, ensuring that each of the photos overlaps the last photo by around 80%. This ensures total coverage of the object. You then, the fifth stage, is the same as the third stage, but you're essentially doing it from beneath, so you're getting beneath the object to get a different angle, so you can get the 3D model all the way around. And then finally, the sixth stage is you do a north, south, east and west photo of a different size and just pan straight on at the front. It sounds like a lot, but you can generate, if an artifact's around this size, you can generate a pretty good 3D model using a phone camera in about 30 images. So it actually doesn't take that much as long as you've got the total coverage of the object. Once you've done this, you send the photos to us, Archaeological City at Sheffield. .ac.uk, and we then assemble your images into a 3D model. We will then send this in a PDF file back to you. So once you send us all your photos, we'll return back to you within about two days and give you a 3D model of the object you've sent. We also want the story that you have with the object, so if you know any history, both personal and general history about the object, we want to hear about that so we can then publish it on the website with your permission, of course. Um, and then, as I say, it will be published on the Archaeology in the City group, Sheffield.ac.uk website. Um, so that was just a brief like, insight into what virtual heritage is. Thank you for listening. Uh, thank you to all the different sponsors of this festival. Uh, and I hope you had a really nice day. Next week, stay tuned for another special edition introducing another activity at the Woodland Heritage Festival. Next time we'll be presenting a talk on zoo archaeology. If you'd like to know more about the Archaeology in the City program, which sponsored the Woodland Heritage Festival, and their regular monthly Archaeology and Ale talks, which are held upstairs at the Red Deer Pub in Sheffield, you can follow the link to our website from the Archaeology Podcast Network page, or come and find us on Facebook. Thanks again to the Archaeology Podcast Network for having us. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archaeologypodcastnetwork.com. Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com. Archaeology Podcast Network.